Welcome to another edition of Tech Writer Voices, a podcast specifically designed for technical writers. I'm your host, Tom Johnson. I'm based in Salt Lake City, and I'm an enthusiastic technical writer. You can check out my blog at idratherbewriting.com, or you can also go to techwritervoices.com and find the same site. Actually, if you're looking for some good blogs and some good podcasts to subscribe to, check out the blog roll and pod roll links on my site, and I'll also include those in the show notes here. In this podcast, I'm talking with Linda Ostrike, president of the Society for Technical Communication, otherwise known as the STC. The STC is an organization dedicated to advancing the arts and sciences of technical communication. It is the largest organization of its type in the world. Its 14,000-plus members include technical writers and editors, content developers, documentation specialists, technical illustrators, instructional designers, academics, information architects, usability and human factors professionals, visual designers, web designers, and developers and translators. Basically, anyone whose work makes technical information available to those who need it. That's the official description. Linda, in addition to being president of the STC, she's also currently the manager of technical publications for the Service Management Center Software Products at Hewlett-Packard in San Diego, California. She has a long history of leadership involvement in the STC, which you can read about in her bio, and I'll include a link to her bio in the show notes, as well as a way to contact her. Now, before we get into the show, we do have a brief message from our podcast sponsors. Madcap Flare is the most versatile XML-based help authoring tool on the market, with thousands of customers using Madcap products, including Microsoft, Google, HP, GE, and more. It's an excellent tool for single-sourcing your, your content, and they have many new products coming out. Lingo, Madcap Analyzer, Blaze, really an ambitious, innovative company. Another sponsor we have is Adobe, which has just released their technical communication suite, which offers a complete solution for authoring, managing, and publishing interactive instructional information from technical documents and books to online help systems, knowledge bases, interactive training, e-learning, and more. So check them out at adobe.com. Finally, have you been thinking about getting a blog if you have been thinking about this, be sure to do it in style. Get yourself a self-hosted WordPress blog. So to do that, you just need a web host. And Lunar Pages offers an excellent package for web hosting. Starting at $6.95, you can get 350 gigabytes of storage, 3,500 gigabytes of bandwidth per month, free tech support, Automatic script installers like Fantastico that will install WordPress with just a few clicks and and other tools. So check them out at LunarPages.com. Now let's get into the interview. Linda, what is it like to be president of the STC? I think the one thing that's hit me most strongly is the sense of responsibility. Um, being president in some ways gives you very little power. You don't vote on any actions at the table unless there's a tie, but there's the sense of fact that I am the leader of a group of about 15,000 people, and that 
just brings an enormous sense of responsibility, wanting to do what's best for the organization. Um, and I believe, too, that it brings a sense of um, ownership or something along with it that, that's very difficult to understand unless the person's actually in this position. Now, you said there's 15,000 members of the STC? And that's a round number. I think we're in the 14,000 somewhere, a 14, but I like to round up. <laughs> and, and you guys meet as a, as a board regularly, and you just had a board meeting, correct? We did. We did. We meet um, three times a year face-to-face. Um, basically, that means that we always meet a day or two before the annual conference. So wherever the annual conference is being held, we, we have a board meeting prior to that. And then twice more during the year, we have face-to-face meetings. We also meet every single month by phone and have conference calls. So we are in touch a lot. If there are important, critical things that come up that we need a vote on, I can even call a board meeting in addition to those four, those monthly calls. So, you know, we, we stay in touch quite a bit. So can you tell me what was one of the issues that received a lot of attention in your last board meeting? Well, I noted three of them that when I thought you might ask this question, then they all are somewhat related. One is that we had, um, we were given a lot of really good information about the whole financial strategy of the society. We are certainly not in any kind of dire straits, but we're we're at a point where we have to be very cautious about what we spend our money on. And so that brought us into having discussions around the areas that we spend a lot of money on, which one of them is publications. So we had two big research groups. One was um, a paid consultant and one, of a, one was a task group that I put together to look at all of the publications, news and notes, intercom, techcom, and come to the board with some suggestions on things that could be done to make them better for our audience as well as cost us less money. Right now we are, we go in the hole on both of those publications every year that our advertising and, and um, the membership fees that are put towards those don't cover the cost of actually putting them out. So that was a big area of discussion. And then also we had a lot of talking about our strategic planning and the reason those all fit is that at once we used to just spend money on whatever sounded good that came to us and I don't mean us meaning this year's board but boards over the years you know the last several years we've been very cautious about making sure that we put money and effort into things that have a good return on investment and are strictly related to the strategic plan for the society so that's where our big areas of attention and debate were. Now, since you've been in the office of president, has there been any kind of issue that you've really wanted to tackle or address specifically? Yes. When I came on board, I'm, you know, a lot of people who do know me know that I'm kind of one of these nurturing, touchy-feely kind of people, and they think, oh, you know, Linda's going to do all these, you know, nice things. Well, it's been a lot harder than that. A lot of things that have to happen haven't been quite as touchy-feely as I'd like, but a few areas that were really important to me where I wanted to get a better handle on recognition, um, that does kind of fit with the mold of people, what they think of me, because it's important that we 
honor the members that we have. And so we've long been talking about putting some kind of a um, level of recognition between senior member and associate fellow because there's a lot of time in there that people could be giving to the society, but there was really no major area that um, award or recognition that we did at that level. So that was one of the things that I wanted to look at, and we are moving forward on that. We don't have anything in place yet, but we do have some plans, and the board is and a task force is looking at some um, possible ways to improve our recognition programs. The other area is I have asked um, Hillary Hart, who's a professor at the University of, of Texas and is also um, a longtime STC member, to work on what I call the academic industry collaboration. And we are doing some very important things to make sure that the practitioners in STC find value with the academics and vice versa. And what we need to do with that is um, certain things like finding a body of knowledge. That body of knowledge, once we get it put together, will then be a good way to um, possibly go into a certification program sometime. All of those things are areas that I've been putting a lot of energy into and, and supporting people who are out there doing research and putting task force together and and coming to the board with, with decisions and recommendations, really not decisions, but recommendations that the board can then look at and vote on. So I would say those are the two areas that I've been really focused on that mean a lot to me personally. You were just mentioning certification there a minute ago. I know at the last STC meeting, there was a, a pre-conference certification course. How did that go? Those are a little different. We had, um, there's a, we just started this at the annual conference last year in Minneapolis, and people can come to this to the conference and take a series of workshops or a long, I think it's a two-day workshop in a particular area, say, I don't know, basics of tech writing or, or you know, content management or something like that. And at the end of that two days, get a certificate. And I think they're calling them certification programs, but that is completely different than a certification program at the society level where we would do some kind of a testing program so that you as a member could put initials after your name and say, gee, I'm a certified technical wizard in STC, you know, and sort of like a CPA or, a, you know, something of that nature. And that's why the big certification programs are extremely um, difficult to put into place and very expensive because they need to have proctored exams, they need to have um, testing that has been validated, put together in a, in a way that meets a lot of requirements that you need to get um, all kinds of approvals and, and stuff to do. So it's something that a lot of our members would like to have, but I don't see it coming anytime soon. But these other certificate programs that are just um, something you can do by taking a very intense program of two or three days and saying, yes, I know about this topic, that is what we are offering so far. At the last STC conference, Susan Burton made a lot of, uh, she talked a lot about changing the name of technical writer to technical communicator and working with the Bureau of Labor to try to change the definition, all in an attempt to try to 
boost recognition as well as salary levels for technical writers. Has that changed any? Actually, we are still working with that. It's the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, uh, we have a um, an economist who has been working with us, and he has really given us a lot of good information about what it truly means to be a profession. And we have a, um, I believe, the Bureau of Labor Statistics did not accept our our definition change from technical writer to technical communicator for this particular um, this particular year's offering, so to speak. But they have taken our proposal and are reviewing it for a you know for an oncoming group. And so basically, we're still out there saying, hey guys. We're not the technical writer we were in the 70s. And that's the definition that's been out there for the public. So one of the things that we've done is the new salary survey is now based on Bureau of Labor Statistics and Census data rather than on just input from our own members. And by doing that type of thing, we will have more um, recognition from HR groups, from um other professions so that when they go out looking for what does it take to be a person in this area of expertise, we can say, hey, we know more than just grammar, punctuation, and spelling. We also are project managers, we're usability experts, we're content managers, we're information architects. We are all those kinds of things. So the process is still working. We are not yet in really... um, we haven't gained anything from it besides a lot of words yet, and I believe that's going to be important for us to keep at. It's not something that happens overnight, as you know. Working with the government, it could take you know five years or so before we really see any change um, on the individual's level. What about membership in the STC as a whole? I know that, that previously there was a slight declining trend. Has that changed or, or what do, what's the STC doing to try to revitalize membership? Well, I appreciate you saying slight because for several years the, the trend was, was not slight at all. It was fairly big. It was, um, we had, after the dot-com bust and, and 9-11 and all kinds of other things, not only our organization but all professional organizations showed a huge hit in, in, um, their membership numbers. And so what's happened lately in the last couple of years is we're actually stabilizing. Our renewal rate was was higher last year than the previous couple of years. And our overall membership number last year actually did show a slight increase from the year before. So again, this takes a long time to turn a big ship, but we are doing all we can in better marketing, in uh, offering better value, in bringing in special membership programs such as our corporate value program, which is a uh, program that goes out to businesses. So we can go out to a huge business like Computer Associates and say, hey, guys, we'd like to bring in as many of your technical communicators as possible. Would you be interested in getting a corporate level membership? So what they might do is they would pay a flat basic fee based on however member mem- many members they bring in and then a per head fee on top of that so corp you know somebody like computer associates might bring in 200 t- 
technical communicators, and they would pay a flat fee of some amount, and then instead of 170 or $150 per member, they might only pay $100 a member. But in the long run, we're getting a lot more members in. Those members, as long as they are working for computer associates, have a e-membership in STC, and in the long run, computer associates may be paying less money than they would have if they were just supporting their individual employees. So it's a kind of a win-win on all sides because we also get people brought into the society who might not have joined as an individual. So it's a program that's just starting. It's still in a pilot um, level. They're done on a case-by-case basis so that our membership people at the staff level will talk directly to HR departments or technical um, engineering departments or wherever the departments are that have the majority of the technical communicators in a particular area. So those are the things we're doing, and we are constantly paying attention to membership. It's uh, something that's always on our minds. Basically, we are finding that those who do not review, our number one exit interview response to why did you not review is that people are changing careers. They're just not doing it anymore. So, um, But again, the broader we become and the more areas of technical communication we can put under our umbrella, the more likely it is that people who change careers will still find something of value in STC. Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know that people were just changing careers, and that was the main reason for for their, them not renewing. What do you think people find most valuable about the STC? I mean, some people um, some people just don't get excited about going. Others really like it. What is it that you that you think attracts them? Well, I'm you know when we do surveys about what you what do you want most, a lot of people say they like the publications and networking. But networking can be different to each person. You know, I mean, one person might be happy with just getting, you know, if you're in a lone rider sig and you get, you know, you you have a spot to go out and ask questions. Somebody else might not think that networking is working unless they get an actual job referral. Um, you know, a lot of people feel that networking has to be face-to-face. Other people feel it, it's virtual. I think the value of STC is as broad as we are. Um, our our members span age groups from, you know, the 20s to the 70s. Um, they are, there's sort of a bell curve of age of who makes up our membership. Um, fewer, at, of course, at the lower ends and fewer at the very high ends. And our, right now, the majority of our members seem to be baby boomers and then maybe about five to ten years on either side of that baby boomer um, bell curve number. But and and wherever I am or a member might be in his or her own life um, will dictate what they find valuable. You know, sometimes it's strictly I can put this on my resume and that means I might get a higher salary than I don't have it. Um, some of them say it's time for me to give back and I want to mentor and help others get more advanced in their careers and that gives me a, a big boost to my own ego and so that's what's good for me. And others really want some real hard facts that they can immediately say, I was able to get this question answered in, you know, two hours, and it would have taken me a lot longer without STC, and that's my value. So it's a really difficult question, and I think it's a very personal one. 
In a previous news and notes publication, uh, you wrote something that caught my attention. You said, my first six months as president has have been nothing like I envisioned. I, l- I have learned a lot about myself, my colleagues, and the society. And although the reality has not been like the vision, it's been satisfying and productive. So that, that was an interesting statement. I was wondering if you could provide a little more detail about, about all that. First of all, thank you for reading news and notes. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, my personal journey and my relationship with the board of directors through the years is probably a little different than most. Um, I've been a member in STC since 1979, so right now I think I'm probably the most senior person on the board of directors, I'm, you know, in many ways, not just in number of years, but on the board, but I mean, in the society, but number of years having contact with the board and number of years that I've been on this planet. Um, it's when I first put my eyes on the prize, so to speak, was probably back in about 1995 when I was program manager of the annual conference. And I had a good friend at that time who was president of the society, Liz Babcock. And I saw the board through her eyes, and I think I've been fairly close to the board, either as a committee manager, assistant to the president, or actual sitting board member for every year since that time. And I have seen so many changes. I mean, we went from a very rich organization that we didn't have to work very hard to get members. We were up in the 20,000 mark of membership. Um, Their money was there to do whatever we pleased. There were very few checks and balances. The board obviously was, was, you know, cautious in what they did, but they didn't have to worry about paying their bills, and so they were able to take a lot more risks and do some things that, you know, didn't always have immediate payback. And today, it's a lot more, we have to be cautious to stay alive. We have to make sure that the things that we do support our strategy. We have to be strategic. At one time, the board was much more tactical. They got involved in the nitty-gritty of a lot of things that right now we are all doing our best to stay out of. The staff and the committees are the ones who have to work on the tactics. All we do, and I don't mean all in a sense of it being minuscule, but we have to focus on telling the society and understanding what it is we want without getting in the way of how we go about getting it. And that's part of what the reality has been. Um, Learning about myself is that I've learned that I can be tough. I've learned I can make really tough decisions that will make some people angry that I wish weren't angry with me. But it has to be what we as a board determine the best course of action for the society. And sometimes good friends um, will give me a call and say, what in the world did you guys do? And I have to just say, you know, we had information sources that the general public may not have. We thought this through. We discussed it. We have 14 people giving a vote. And as long as a majority votes in a certain direction, the board speaks. And it doesn't matter if an individual was for or against a vote. Once the board speaks, we are duty-bound to support the decision of the board. And we cannot speak about, oh, that wasn't my decision. That's not something that a board member is allowed to do. They have to take on the decisions of the board as their own. Um, So those are the kinds of things I've had to learn. 
and we have moved forward. This whole effort of getting a body of knowledge project underway, um, getting strategic vision going, having really good plans, knowing what it takes to be financially secure and making tough decisions. These are all the things that have given me great satisfaction and make me believe that we've been productive, um, but at the same token may not have been what my earlier vision of this job was. You know, in listening to you describe all those all those issues and details, it seems like being president must be really time-consuming. How, how many hours do you spend a week or month just doing STC-related tasks? I am. I, I refuse to tell you because I'm afraid my boss might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I do keep up a, you know, a regular job with Hewlett Packard, and I am so, you know, bound to them that they have been extremely supportive in my job this year as STC president. Um, they've gave, given me quite a bit of time during the week when I I could be doing an HP work that I can support. STC, and I do my best of paying them back by, you know, keeping my computer on over the weekends for them, too, you know, so it's um, it's give and take. I don't even know how many hours I spend on it. I really don't, because it. I just take care of things as they come up, and sometimes I have to shut down, and I will send a note out and say, okay, guys, for the next three days or two weeks or whatever it might be, I'm only going to look at STC stuff in the evenings or, you know, on the weekend or whatever and call myself if you need me immediately. But but I'm usually take care of things in a real-time situation. So it is like having two full-time jobs, I, I have to admit that. And um, it's one reason why I think having this job for one year is about all any sane person can take. Can you give us an idea of the roadmap for the STC, anything that is going to be worked on in the future? Well, I certainly can. I Let's see. We have, our, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware of the circle chart that I had put out this past year that had our, that Paula Berger last year as president um, began. It was our strategic objectives. And Larry Kunz, who's um, a actually a candidate right now for, for one of the positions on the board, um, is our leading our strategic planning group. And he has five main areas that the board and he have put together that we feel is our roadmap. The main thing is we want to continue to define the profession. And um, I know that sounds funny to a lot of people who've been in this profession and say, what do you mean? It's a, it, The fact that we have been so many things to so many people and we still have definitions at government levels that are 30 years old mean that we're not, we haven't done as good a job as we should have at keeping us in the forefront. And so we, we are doing that now. We're establishing that body of knowledge. We want to promote ethical standards for our profession. Um, we have to be an international organization. A lot of people have been concerned that we've been working with the United States uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they say, well, what about the rest of us? And we understand that the rest of us is important, are important, and but we have to start somewhere. So we're starting with what we can get to more easily that supports the majority of our members, but we intend to very very soon also embrace the Canadian groups 
European groups, Asian groups, and wherever they exist and make sure that they become um, part of who we are and that they know that this profession is one that is needed worldwide. We also, hand-in-hand with that, is communicating the value of technical communication in STC. Um, If we're defining that profession and that profession is supported by STC and and the industries of the world need technical communication to be viable, we have to sing that to everybody who will listen. And I think ways to do that is identifying target markets, you know, making sure we have better targeted marketing campaigns, that we do continue to work with government bodies. Um, We need to increase and expand our strategic partnerships, and that's not just with people who already know us. We need to expand to people who don't know who we are. And these are, a lot of these we can do through our standards organizations. Annette Riley, a past president of the society, has been leading our standards um, group for several years, and she is phenomenal at this, and we are finally giving her her just um, rewards and saying, yes, we support this. We know how important it is that STC be at the table for a lot of standards uh, work. Our global practice and leadership, what can we do? How can we become more involved with that? And then through all of these things, we have to build our own organization into a strong business. And I think that's been something that's given a lot of people heartburn is that business decisions sometimes are not the touchy-feely thing. Um, it may be it may be the business-wise thing to do to um, close down some, you know, some chapters or some areas of the society that are not serving us. And things that have been there for 50-plus years may not be right for us anymore. And coming to terms with that in an organization that has been extremely nurturing and, and comfortable and sort of huggable for 50 years is really a huge shift in thinking. And it's a tough one, but it's one that I think the board has to embrace. And as they embrace it, our membership will embrace it as well. So those are the things that I think are on our roadmap. I noticed that the elections are upon us here. I, I saw a list of the candidates. What advice would you give to the incoming president, which I assume is supposed to be Mark Clifford, right? He is. He has been an extremely strong right hand for me this past year. And um, I think he has learned, and as I have, but he'll have to learn. I think that sense of responsibility that I mentioned in in your first question about what it's like. That's something that he can only learn once he's actually got this mantle of this title on him um, officially. But I think it's important that anybody in this role keeps an open mind but recognizes that they have to also have a thick skin. Um, There's We get a lot of flack. We get a lot of people who want to... um, you know, be negative or kind of throw some some hooks and barbs our way sometimes. And even when you believe with all your heart you're doing the right thing, it's sometimes easy to hurt. And we have to know that that's, in the long run, we're doing what's best. And that's, um, it's really hard to keep keep that together and understand it, but it's something that I think an incoming president needs to know that they can only pick a couple of areas that they really put their major energy on and let go of some of the others and that trust, 
that's another one. You've got to trust the people you put into position to take care of areas because they have to be able to see that those things are working as they should without your constant attention. And uh, those are the things that keep you alive. All right, Linda, last question here. The STC conference is coming up in Philadelphia in a few months. Why should people attend it? To be a better technical communicator, to give themselves professional development, to recognize that this is where the best and the brightest of our profession go to meet and greet one another, to learn about our profession, and to just exalt themselves in the in in being a technical communicator. Um, this gathering should be the most exciting thing any technical communicator can do because we get a chance to sing our praises. We get a chance to remember and realize how important we are to the industries of an academe of the world. And um, it's it's where we actually gain a sense of accomplishment and um, can talk to other people who truly understand what it is we do and and how we go about our lives and through our work. All right, Linda. Well, it's been great talking to you today. I, I really enjoyed your answers and all the good information that you're able to convey. Excellent, Tom. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. It's been one that I I know I've been putting you know, off for a few months, and uh, I think doing it now is perfect because I've had enough of the – I'm a little bit past halfway through my year as STC president, and I have a lot more um, – knowledge than I had six months ago. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. And thank you to all those members out there. I I really and truly feel strongly about this profession and believe so much in what we do that I thank everybody who ever has tried it or is in it now. All right, Linda, if people want to get in touch with you or contact you, I'll put your contact information and a link to your, your STC contact and bio page so they can, they can check it out. Excellent. Thank you, Tom.